record to the cloud and Christy Texera. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for uh, waiting while we work through some technical issues, but I'm really excited to have you on um, ROI and use top career tips, especially for emerging professionals or people looking to break into digital marketing or, um, you know, you've, you've had some recent breakthroughs in digital marketing, but let's talk first a little bit about your design background. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your, your experience. I graduated from Colorado State University about 20 years ago and had been doing some freelance design residentially and decided I'd take the plunge and try it on my own. And if in one year I could pay my own rent and move out of my mother's house, then that was my measure of success. I did that and just kept going and have never looked back. It was predominantly residential to start with. And over the years, it's turned much more commercial with a high emphasis in aging in place and that whole community as far as retirement. So moving into a retirement community and as individuals age, they need more help. So next door, is the assisted living and then the skilled nursing and the long-term care and a company that I do a lot of design for has set up various campuses in our area of Colorado and so it's, it's neat to see the the progress and help people age comfortably. Yeah and primarily your background is an interior designer but uh, for our conversation today, I think a lot of your experience will parlay to anyone looking to get into the design realm. Um, mm-hmm. And in particular, we had an interesting discussion about clients versus bosses. And you said, yes. oh, I've never really yes. had a boss per se, which is amazing that you've been an entrepreneur right out of the gate since college. Yeah, I have been fortunate enough to work for myself. So I don't have a boss as far as someone who writes my paycheck, but I do have clients that I have to appease and I think in doing so I've been able to have a referral based business and Mm -hmm. it's been more word of mouth than any sort of advertising. But even if it weren't for a client and it were for a boss per se, you still have to make them happy. So no matter what industry you're in, if you are making your client happy and giving them a satisfactory product, then your boss will also be happy. Because when a client isn't happy, they go to the boss and say, Mm -hmm. look, this person isn't giving me what I thought I was going to receive. And can you step in and help direct? So it really doesn't matter if you have a boss or not you get held accountable, whether it's from yourself or someone else. So yeah, it's, it's important to put your best foot forward and always give your best work. Yeah. And what are some of the, some of the lessons that you've learned in these years, as far as keeping bosses slash clients happy, are there any tips that you would recommend to a recent grad or someone who's maybe starting a new career or new business? I would say in anything you do, communication is key. 
And sometimes there are the hard conversations that need to be said. And, and they are opinion-based a lot of the time when you're doing a design project of any sort you know what is going to look good or present well. And sometimes clients or bosses have different ideas in their head and it becomes a matter of communication because you need to communicate why trust is so important. And you need to be eloquent with your words so that your client or your boss does trust you to lead them in a direction that they wouldn't otherwise arrive at or go down because ultimately they want the best possible product and they've hired you for your skills and your knowledge, but it's hard to trust somebody else, especially when you're spending money and oftentimes a lot of money. I think it's important to communicate well so people get out of their comfort zones a little and they can see then, oh, you're right. I hadn't thought of approaching the project this way, but I'm glad I trusted you on it. And if you don't communicate well, it very easily become a big, big mess on a lot of levels. Yeah. So if you kind of give in, right, you're not producing the outcome that they're actually looking for. The challenge is how do you do that tactfully? Correct. Would you say that's the way to do it? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, It can be tricky, but I think, you know, and there are clients that they aren't going to see it your way. So just give them what they have in mind and appease them. You don't have to love what you do because ultimately you aren't the one living in it. You aren't the one Mm -hmm. looking at it every day. There's usually not a name that gets put on to the work. Mm -hmm. It's better that your client is happy and you don't really love your work, but they're happy enough to pass your name on to someone else. Mm-hmm. because that's what the next person remembers is, oh, my friend said you were so good at your job and I want to hire you for my project. And in the back of your head, it's fine to think, oh, geez, please don't judge me on that project. I'll do much better <laughs> for you. <laughs> but as long as you have the opportunity to do better for someone, then you've appeased your boss, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's always another project, right? I mean, you don't have yeah. to, I think one of the, one of the keys is understanding the nuances of when you feel strongly about something, but also understanding your place in the, in the realm. And I think as a recent yeah. grad, in my experience, you know, a lot of, a lot of the interactions in college are fairly nurturing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. maybe, maybe when you get into a, a boss or full-time working job position to understand that they're not really there to nurture you in the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. but you have to, you have to figure out how to navigate that. And I think that may be one of the bigger challenges that hopefully maybe you're getting in an internship. Right. I think internships are key because you get your feet wet and you still have that mentoring component to guide you along and be a little bit gentler with you. But at some point, the torch gets passed to you and you have to be an advocate for yourself. You have to be open to learning and willing to hear feedback that maybe is meant to be constructive criticism, but comes off just critical. 
And so I think that there's some ego that has to be swallowed, but at the same time, you've gone to school, you've learned what you needed to learn, you should have confidence to also advocate for yourself and share your new ideas. Because often when you're entering the workforce, everybody else is older than you and they're a little more set in their ways or their approaches to things or the technology they use. And you're the new kid on the block and that can make or break your relationship with people. You don't want to be flashy and showy necessarily, but you're new. You have fresh ideas and fresh approaches. And if you present them and communicate them with confidence, you're going to buy that respect from your boss and from your coworkers and from the people you're designing your projects for. So I think it's, you know, it's sort of like looking at somebody walk down the street and you'd say, that outfit looks great on them. I would never have the courage to wear it, but it looks good on them. Well, it looks good on them because they have the courage to wear it. So, you know, wear your ideas confidently and I think you'll be taken more serious. Right, right. Awesome. I love that. But let's talk a little bit about your your adventures in digital marketing because um, so we we know each other from a long time back through family yeah. friends and um, and then you reached out to me because you you're working on a book. Tell us a little bit about it. I am working on a book and um, it's sort of it's a completely personal story. It's a memoir of when my oldest daughter was ill. It has nothing to do with design. I decided a couple of years ago to switch gears and get this story out of me. And while it has nothing to do with design, it does have a lot of creative components that I've taken from design and applied to writing. And I think I did the writing well, but when it came to the marketing a book, you've spent so much time working on a project you want it to be received well and ultimately make money. I had no idea what I was doing and everything I've heard has pushed me towards technology and the digital age. And I probably sound like I'm 80 years old with one foot in the grave, but I, it's just a foreign world to me. It's nothing again, because I've been fortunate enough to work for myself and I will toot my own horn and say that I have also been good enough to build 20 years worth of business on word of mouth. I haven't relied on technology. So I do wish I had some young college graduate to just take the reins and say, look, lady, this is what, (laughs) this is what you need to do. Can I just do it for you? Because it's painstaking watching how slow you are or how much you don't understand. Um, But that's, that's where the world is going. It's, it's digital. It's behind screens. I am completely gun shy of it because I'm a people person. I, I react better in person to people. I want to see their facial expressions and hear their vocal inflections or even if it's just writing, I want to see the exclamation point at the end of a sentence to know that they really, there was some emotion behind what they just wrote. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. often when you're behind a screen, you lose that one-on-one. And I 
I don't know how to relate to people without that one-on-one. -on -one. Sure. There are a lot of things about it that I don't want to know. I don't, I don't post on social media because I have a great life, but I don't necessarily think it's exciting enough to share with the world. And it's not to be judgy, but I don't really care what most of the world is doing in their private life either. And when I pick up a book, it makes sense to me to go to a bookstore and read the back of the book versus promoting it online, getting it mm -hmm. on Facebook and having a website and tweeting and blogging. And it's hard for me because it feels very unnatural. It's a language I haven't learned to speak. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I lose my power of communication which is, has been so, such an important tool for right. me. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you'll get there. Cause I really think that this is your medium, you know, live streaming I, and podcasting, right. Is as close as you can get. And there's a lot that you can do right. to, to drill it down and have it trickle down into other areas. So if and you I feel comfortable with this, which this is your first, your first podcast first. <laughs> live stream yeah, it is. and you're great. So don't worry so, about it. Well, thanks. I, I think, you know, in anything, it takes going out on a limb and, and becoming vulnerable to new things. And I mean, a new college graduate is coming into a work setting that they've never been a part of. And the people who are already there, like I said, are older and they have to, you know, kind of condense their knowledge and make space for this new person's information. And mm -hmm. that's what I feel like I'm doing. I'm pushing myself to learn something new. If I could transition from design to being an author, I can then also learn another skill set that will hopefully benefit both of my professions. Um, but I, I, I think you need to, I need to humble myself and be able to ask for help, you know, and, mm. and call up Sue McDonald and say, hey, <laughs> this is so out of the blue, but what the hell am I doing? Can you point me in the right direction and, and make me feel comfortable enough? Be my mentor, if you will. I mean, this is kind of my internship. You are mentoring me and making it easy for me and getting my feet wet so that, God willing, I'll be able to do this on my own at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's pretty easy. You know, we have our system set up, so just try to make it real easy. But yeah, I think you bring up a really good point of that vulnerability and, and entering entering into a situation with um, with humility but confidence, right? That's like mm -hmm. a fine line there, Great and how to manage that for sure, for sure. But I think it probably speaks to social media as well, in that there's a fine balance of how much people need to use. You can you can subscribe to every platform, but it doesn't mean every platform is going to perform for your needs. You know, mm -hmm. some of them, you can tailor fit more to specific professions. Um, some professions have go-to platforms, others don't, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, there's so much information out there and I think it's important to research what information is going to be useful in your business realm. 
overwhelming and daunting. And I think somewhere out there, I haven't identified it somewhere out there, all of these things link together. And the more practice a person has, the more seamless that interconnection with one platform to the next works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where my frustration comes in is having to update each thing individually. If I yeah. have a website and I have to update the blog, or if I'm selling my book on Amazon and I have to update something there and then making the website and Amazon mm -hmm. communicate, I can communicate. I can't I have trouble getting others behind the scenes to communicate. Um, right. It's kind yeah, of like just... husband and wife in my design business. I sometimes I have to bring them together to be on the same page and it's hard to do when it's technology because you can't. Yeah. Yeah. See what that's what I call the, the, uh, marriage counseling approach. Uh -huh. We've done that. We've worked mm -hmm. with, with, uh, architects to say, Hey, we can't decide on the kitchen and the bathroom. Can you help? Yeah. And then yeah. we just, I mean, we, we agree ahead of time. We're going to go with what she says. Cause she's the expert. So yeah. Yeah. So. That usually means my crazy ideas get thrown out, but that's okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's fine. Yeah. No, I think that the constructive criticism. Yeah, no, I, you know, whatever. It's like, I don't, I'm not an architect. So, yeah, exactly. but I think one thing that's important, especially for small, because I have worked with a lot of small clients and solopreneurs mm -hmm. and, uh, and coming up with the systems that are going to work, you know, so mm -hmm. like the system that we have, one of our systems for ROI and you is that we, we interview established people in their fields and say, Hey, you know, what, what tips and advice do you give to someone who's just starting out? And then mm -hmm. from here, um, you know, we're on zoom, we broadcast Facebook live. I just posted, um, a bunch of pictures. I did a Facebook story and Instagram story and say, Hey, we're going live, um, yeah. and posted to a bunch of groups. And then this will get translated or transcripted and then go up as a blog post. Um, that will help with search engine optimization as well. But yeah, there's like a thousand steps. And this is why um, ROI and you is really designed to equip um, students who are interested in learning the ropes and the fundamentals that agencies are using. So if you want to mm -hmm. get a job in an agency or, yeah. or in a digital marketing role, here's what you need to know to enter into the workforce pretty seamlessly because mm -hmm. most of these companies are really overwhelmed, right? They don't really have the time to take someone offline to train, to train right. entry level. So they're looking for, mm -hmm. most of them are looking for people who have three years experience. Mm -hmm. So they already know the ropes. There is a gap between yeah. what you're learning in grad and undergrad and, or even grad school and what's mm -hmm. actually used in the industry, right. which I'm sure applied, you know, when you were starting out too, did you get your undergrad in interior design? I did. Yes, I did. And, um, you know, I worked, I guess, for a summer with another designer and that I consider more of my internship because I learned a lot from her, how, how I could run a business and I was doing my own stuff on the side. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, she definitely had different systems in place that I hadn't considered. And it was good for me to be educated on what worked and 
you know, what didn't she had tried things and, you know, knew what not to bother with anymore. So that's, I think that's how it is with every business. You learn yeah. what's important and kind of leave, leave the rest. And yeah. So yeah, it's the doing piece, right. That like you really have right. to focus on and, and this is where portfolio comes in and yes. mentors. And so uh, did you have any good mentors when you got out or have you developed um, them? I would say, I mean, really my, a big mentor was a specific client in college that I was designing for who really urged me to go out on my own. And I think she was a mentor, not as far as design, but as far as business and saying, you have what it takes and you also don't have all these other responsibilities in life. So trust it. You know, I think mm-hmm. you can make a go of this and you don't have to go the same way that everybody else is going. And I, I heeded her warning and decided that I would try it for a while. And if, if I couldn't make ends meet then yeah, I could pass out resumes or go to interviews. And so I think she was a really good mentor, mm-hmm. you know, different sense of design. I think that um, designers in general can have a pretty negative connotation as far as being really bitchy. So I, I did a show house right out of college and everyone was really nice, but there were a lot of people that I kind of looked at and thought, if I'm going to be a designer, I I don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. So they were mentors in a, the opposite way of what you would think, um, kind of that negative reinforcement versus the positive reinforcement, but it was an interesting project because there were so many different designers. Every room was done by a different designer. So it was really neat to see how different businesses worked and some were small like me and just one person shows, others were larger and they worked as a team. There mm-hmm. were men, there were women, it, you know, and everybody's creative ideas ultimately came together in the end, but it was a big learning experience to see the culmination of ideas at the end. Um, yeah. So not any specific mentor, but lots of different learning opportunities that I think I realized and then went on to apply. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What do you find are some some key things that that clients, you know, we if you run into um, sticky situations with clients, um, are there some key phrases that you use that maybe we could all borrow? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. <laughs> the curveball. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I. I always try to let the client think that they are in control or that it's their idea. And I try to put a, how they're going to benefit from something spin on it. So if it's not working, I try to be transparent and say, if this, if this isn't working for you, I will not be offended. The bottom line is 
I want you to be happy and satisfied. And if I am not meeting your requests or your expectations, you know, please tell me how I can better serve you. Or if you would, you know, if you'd like to part ways and hire someone else, that's okay. Because the bottom line is you're spending money and it's not personal. You need to be satisfied with what's taking place. So a key phrase, not necessarily, but being honest with them and, you know, just being humble enough to say it's, it's not personal because ultimately if they, if you do it in a gentle way, a treat someone the way you want to be treated manner, Mm -hmm. usually fare pretty well. If you want the out, but you're giving them the out, then maybe it's a win-win. And there are some that you just have to tough it out and work through, you know, Yeah, they aren't happy and maybe they never will be happy. And maybe you're just trying to get out of the project and close it out as quickly as possible. But, you know, you stick with it until they write that final check and then part ways (laughs) as fast as you can. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah, and that's true. I think that's a good point. There are a certain percentage of people out there that just are not going to be happy. Yeah whether it's a boss or a client, you know, and, and you, you can't let that eat your lunch. You, you know, you've chosen a profession to do because you're, you're good at it and it's what you want to be doing and how you want to spend your time. So like anything in life, you have good stretches and bad stretches and remember the good clients that you really enjoy working with and hope that they call back and want more of your services. Mm-hmm. Are there any red flags? Let's say like if you're in, let's say an interview, right? Well, you, you'd be interviewing a client. Are there red flags that you sure. look for? Uh, yeah, I would say so. If they start nickel and diming you right away, it's probably a pretty good indication that that's how it's going to be the whole time. And if you mm-hmm. know how much time something is going to take you, you shouldn't have to shortchange yourself. I charge on an hourly rate. I, a lot of designers do just markup, which means they're trying to upsell the client so that they can make a larger margin. There's not a right or wrong way. It's just two different philosophies of how, how to bill. I don't know how long any project is going to take me, even though I've done eight years, because I don't know how easy you as a client are going Mm -hmm. to be to work with. I try to be as efficient with my time as possible. So if I'm shopping for one client, and I see something another client needs, I don't charge both of you. I charge each of you half, you know, that one hour gets charged as half an hour to one client and half an hour to another. So when somebody says, you know, how, how much do you think this is going to cost? I, I charge hourly. I really don't know. It shouldn't exceed this much, but when they come back and say, well, can can we whittle it down a little? Really? You want a whole kitchen remodel and you're going to, Travel over two hundred dollars, yeah, probably isn't going to work for right. either of us. Um, most people you can usually work with, though. I don't. I don't think there are too many red flags. I mean, obviously, if you feel uncomfortable in a situation, um, I think sexual harassment has come up, and I'm like, you know what? We're just done here. We can be rude. Right. <laughs> You know, right. look at the agreement. It says three days, within three days of written consent, this can be terminated. And 
we're done. I'm terminating. Put it in writing and send it to them. Um, I do mm-hmm. think having things in writing makes it more clear for people so that it avoids some of those red flags. Being transparent with people avoids tape and sticky situations. Um, I also think if they aren't paying you on time or they're holding you to a schedule, but they aren't being responsive to the information you're trying to obtain from them, that can be a red flag. You know, if you Mm -hmm. want it done by Mm -hmm. June for your daughter's wedding and it's March and you've had the contract on your desk for a month and haven't responded to me, well, then that that might be a concern. You know, I can only do so much with the time you're allotting me. So be honest with yourself and what you can for people don't change yourself yeah it's interesting I once saw a sign that has stuck with me and uh, Mm -hmm. I was in the Caribbean taking a boat from the U.S. Virgin Islands to the British Virgin Islands and behind the desk says your lack of preparedness does not my emergency make (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I've like you know it's like I saw that like 20 years ago and I think about it Fairly because often. it's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't fix for you what you didn't think of yourself. So yeah. Yeah. There's, there can be tricky situations, but yeah, I know it gets, it gets challenging. So any other last thoughts? Cause we're, we're just about, we're going to wrap up and uh, just wondering. I would say no matter what profession you're in, and just because you got a degree in it and thought you would love it, if you don't love it, especially just getting out of college, give it a fair chance, but find something else too, if you mm-hmm. aren't loving it, because you do have to work. And it it's much more enjoyable if you like what you're doing and can be proud of what you're doing. And, um, you know, and it might just be the setting that makes all the difference and the people you're working with or the people you're working for. So again, don't shortchange yourself and make sure you're in a, in a place that allows you to grow professionally because you'll Mm -hmm. grow personally at the same time. So life's too short to not enjoy. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think that is such great advice and not something that we've heard before. So, you know, in all these interviews, I think, cause everyone is so, jazzed up about what they do. Um, but I think that's a really good point that there are other options. There's other fields, there are other environments, other people to work with. And, uh, yeah, just to keep, keep plugging. And especially you find when it. you're just fresh out of college, if you don't have a salary base yet, anything is better than what you've been making. So right. don't, don't make it about the almighty dollar because you'll get there, but you'll get there faster if you're doing what you love. If you don't love it, you're not going to try to climb the ladder in whatever organization you're in. You're not going to push yourself. Mm -hmm. The carrot dangling at the other end might not look so great if you don't love what you're doing. So make sure you do love it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's such great advice. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christy. Really appreciate your thank time you. and all your great yeah, insights. Absolutely. And good all luck right. to all those new grads. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. Talk to you later. <laughs>